Today's episode of the Get Paid for Your Pad podcast is brought to you by Hostfully, the market leader in digital guidebooks for short-term rental hosts. With Hostfully, you can create a beautiful online guidebook that you can send to your guests so they have a better experience and you get fewer questions. Sign up now at hostfully.com to get two months for free by using code PAD. That's P-A-D. Welcome to Get Paid for Your Pad, the definitive show on Airbnb hosting, featuring the best advice on how to maximize profits from your Airbnb listing, as well as real-life experiences from Airbnb hosts all over the world. Welcome. Get paid for your pad. Get paid for your pad. Get paid for your pad. Welcome to another episode of Get Paid for Your Pad. Today I have two very special guests on the show and I'm really excited to learn from them. We are going to talk about creative financing for Airbnb investment. So a lot of people want to invest in Airbnbs, but how do you actually get the money to buy these properties if you don't have it sitting in your bank? So I am joined by Mr. Isaac Moore and Andrew LeBaron, or LeBaron, like they say in France. <laughs> they are the founders of buymoretime.com, which is a short-term rental management company based out of Arizona. But they're also specialists when it comes to acquiring properties. Isaac is a, uh, a licensed real estate loan officer, broker. He'll explain. He'll explain exactly what that means. But um, but yeah, I'm excited to get into it. Uh, Isaac and Andrew, uh, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, give us a, a quick uh, background. Uh, how did you guys get involved with short-term rentals and and buymoretime.com? Yeah. So you know, interestingly enough, uh, me and Andrew have been in the real estate space for quite some time. Started with just buying and selling properties wholesale. Uh, we came across an opportunity in Mesa, Arizona, where a seller is willing to give us their property without any money down. They just wanted to get rid of the property, couldn't figure out how to sell it. We provided a solution, and that was creative financing. So we told the owner, hey, you know, we're willing to step in, take care of all your payments. Your loan will be satisfied. Your credit will not take a hit. And uh, we'll just take over your property that's currently vacant and not being used. So we started there, <laughs> started with that property, got that property up and going. And then we thought, you know, instead of doing traditional leasing, let's go ahead and do short-term investment. Let's go ahead and do a vacation rental. So that was our very first Airbnb. Um, we got that on a seller finance deal that ended up making us quite a bit of money because um, one, the return was amazing. Um, like I'm sure most of your clients know. and most of your guests who listen to the show, uh, you can get some amazing returns doing Airbnb, but we did it for six months. So we had it for six months. We averaged about $4,000 in revenue a month. We we're paying approximately $900 for the mortgage. So it was a really good return for us. And we ended up actually selling the property on another seller finance deal to somebody else in six months. So we got another lump sum of cash about, I believe we made 30,000 on the sale to sell to somebody to take over the mortgage from us. So we had made quite a bit of money in a short amount of time with one property and our wheels started spinning. How can we get more of these and how can we do more? And we started doing quite a bit of arbitrage. <laughs> yeah. And from arbitrage, we went in and basically started a property management company to take care of all the properties. And now we offer our services to people just for property management purposes. So in a quick nutshell, that's kind of how we got started. 
And that leads me right into one of the topics that I want to discuss today, uh, which is the seller financing side. So I want to know more about how, how does that work? So you don't have to give the seller any money. You're just taking over the mortgage. But then like, do you, do you actually own the home or does, does the seller still owns it? Great question. I'll let Andrew, he's like our expert in seller financing. I'll let him answer these questions when it gets technical. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So this deal was really, before we jumped into Airbnb, we were professional deal creators. That's what we did. We did anything created from a lease option or rent to own, uh, seller financing, land contracts to wholesale cash offers. Like We would do all these deals and it just it helped our short-term rental business flourish once we realized that we could bring our superpower into the short-term rental space. So in this case, we showed up to this property and the owner was willing to let us take it over without anything out of our pocket. It was, it was quite insane. So we literally picked up a property with nothing out of our, our own pocket. We went in there, we painted we added furnishings, average is about 10,000 bucks for furnishings and getting it ready. And then we put it up on the market uh, or on an Airbnb, excuse me, Airbnb, VRBO and other OTAs. And we just started earning almost triple, maybe almost quadruple of what we would have earned on a typical market rental. That was a lease with option to purchase. These are kind of complex, a little bit different. Uh, lease with option to purchase is two agreements. You have a lease agreement and then you have an option to purchase agreement. And then you have something else that's filed with the county that basically liens the property so the seller doesn't sell the property from underneath you because this is just a lease agreement, right? Mm. So I don't want to get too complex in this podcast, but basically you have two agreements. You have a filing... You or you file a memorandum that pauses um, the property sale so the seller doesn't sell it from underneath you, and you control the property without ownership. That's what it was. It was like Uber of, of property ownership. It, it, was, it was a beautiful deal. And then we found, I, I marketed the property online, and we found a buyer to show up and buy the lease from us. So we sold it for almost $30,000, right? And it was only six months later, and it was an incredible ROI for something we did barely any work to. So that was the deal, if that makes sense. It makes sense. I got, I got a couple of questions, though. Number one is, what's in it? what was in, in it for the seller um, when it comes to the original agreement? Because if yours is taking over the mortgage, what's in it for the owner? Naturally, we have upgrades that we made to the property. And we, we told them, look, we're going to paint, we're going to add fixtures, we're going to upgrade the property, um, we're going to clean it up. It wasn't in the best shape when we found it. And we said, look, if we're making the payment and our lease runs out, you have a beautified property, you have smart home technology, you have all these items that you could keep, we don't care, as long as, as, long as you're happy and we're happy, everyone's good. Mm-hmm. So that, that was the incentive. That was the risk on our part. Not a whole lot of risk because there's nothing out of pocket, right? There's no down payment. There's no, no deposit. So that was nice, but they were willing to allow us to do it. What was the term of the agreement? So was it 24 months, Isaac? I think it was 24 months. Yeah, that one was a two-year lease um, with the option to buy at the end of the two years at the purchase price at the time. Uh, I think this was 2017. So at the time, the value of the property had really grown in that two-year time frame. So we were banking on the economy and the market to continue to go up so that we could get that equity out at the end of the two years. 
possibly. And then also, you know, this was just a solution for the seller in the short term because he didn't want to take on two mortgages anymore. He was like, I got to get rid of the second mortgage. It's going to, you know, either go in foreclosure or something's going to happen. So we were the right. So this was really like a motivated seller, as you call it in real estate jargon, I think. Yeah, Um, absolutely. So, you know, let's take it a bit broader and and think about seller financing in general, because I think this is one way of doing it, right? I think there's more, there's a different way of doing it, right? Yeah. So this is a lease option. The other more popular way to do it is a seller financing or an actual note and deed of trust. You create brand new financing. And and there's a couple ways to do this, actually. Uh, Jasper, you can take over the mortgage of someone else and we call that a wrap. And that's wrap like W-R-A-P. You're wrapping new financing around existing financing. Or subject to, you take over the loan subject to the existing mortgage. You need to be very careful and get the right attorney. You got to get the right title company. And you have to draw up the note and deed of trust correctly to do it. All of which we have all the contacts for. And these are really unique value propositions that you offer the seller. That selling it to a seller is basically, look, we're not going to lowball you. We're going to pay you what you want. Typically, a seller finance option or a seller finance deal is I don't have enough equity in the property to buy it with cash. Like if you have a hundred thousand dollar valued house and you want a hundred grand, if I pay you a hundred thousand dollars, Jasper, I'm not making any money. I-, I can go pave the floor with gold. I can go, you know, change the roof to a higher grade roof, you know, whatever. But I'm not going to get much more than the market's going to dictate for that square footage. So instead of me paying you hundred grand because it's only worth hundred grand, I will pay you hundred grand. You just allow me to pay you hundred grand in my terms. And, and then you raise an eyebrow. What, what do you mean? Well, I'll pay you hundred thousand dollars, but I'm going to pay you 5K down, $5,000 down. You're going to carry the balance of $95,000. And we like to offer interest only, 2% interest only, 1% interest only. Meaning my payment is extremely low. It's built for cash flow. Okay. So it's not principal and interest amortized, right? And forgive me if I'm getting too complex, but it's not, it's not both amortized. It's just interest only. Therefore, the payment is extremely low. I can, I can cash flow like a king for five years. Let's say I don't buy it in five years and say I give it back to Jasper. Well, if I give it back to you, Jasper, I, I gave you back a beautified property. It's in great condition. I made a million dollars on it, you know, and uh, here you go. Try again and you get the property back and you're happy. I'm happy. You know, we just we just helped a guy named Micah from Live Let Thrive podcast. It's another short term rental podcast. Set up a deal just like this, and he wanted to know, hey, can you help me launch this deal? I, I've got a seller who's willing to carry on the loan, and he wants to turn it into an Airbnb. So we got the payment really low, and the terms are pretty sweet. So, yeah, that's awesome. Uh, I love the show. That show, by the way, Stephen and and, and Micah, they're good friends of us. So quick question. So you're saying in, in the example that you're giving back the property, or let's say it's you and I, right? So then I got after five years, I got my house back, but it's in a better shape. And then also I got your 5K that you put down initially, right? Correct. Yeah. So the $5,000 that I gave, it's non-refundable, right? That, that deposit's gone. So now that's yours. Yeah. Um, plus it's in better shape. Uh, typically with a, with a seller carry, this is where it gets weird. All right. With a seller carry... Jasper is the lien holder. Jasper is the lender. He's the one that's got his thumb on title. Even though my name is on title, you're the lender, the lien holder on title. There's a difference between a title holder and lien holder. And when 
you're the lien holder and my time is up, I can come to you, Jasper, and say, hey, can you give me an extension? Can we file an extension? And you say, no, absolutely not. Um, it's time for you to pay it up. Uh, I need 95000 please uh, wire to my bank and let's use XYZ title company or attorney. And I say, you know, I can't do that. You have the chance to now foreclose on me, just like any mortgage company, okay? Because that's what you are. I made you, I turned you into a mortgage company as a seller, or we can do a deed in lieu of foreclosure. So I give you back the deed in lieu of foreclosure, um, which is, you know, nine times out of 10, a much cleaner, simpler, less expensive deal for you and me. One last question. In this example where you give me 5K, you get the house for five years, you're paying me one or 2% interest on that 95K. Do I still have to pay my mortgage? No. So we use a third-party company and this third-party company is the arbitrator. They pick up the funds from me via ACH and they ensure that the, pay the payment is made to your mortgage company. That's if you have a mortgage company. If you have a mortgage company, I'm probably not going to be paying 2% interest only. It's probably going to be a lot higher. Okay. In that case, I'll pay the minimum. I'll pay exactly what you owe to the mortgage company and not a cent more because there's probably not a whole lot of room to cash flow on top of that. So let's say you're not your $100,000 house. There's a mortgage payment for $700 to Chase Bank. Okay, cool. I'm going to pay a third-party company. We like to use Star Mortgage and they're going to ensure that 700 bucks or whatever the mortgage is goes to Chase Bank. Now, if we negotiated a little spiff every month to Jasper, you're going to get that from this third-party company. They're going to ensure, and they're NMLS qualified. You know, they're they're approved. They they can hold funds. They can escrow funds. They're going to give you any overages that you're due. Does that make sense? No, not 100. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, so so if you have a mortgage and I'm going to take over your mortgage, I don't trust you, Jasper, the owner, to make that mortgage payment. Mm. Uh, can you imagine if I got a tenant or I got a I got a guest? inside this beautiful Airbnb that um, Jasper allowed me to take over payments on, you know, maybe, maybe I paid you $5,000 as a fee Jasper and Isaac and I took over payments on this property and we have a guest inside. And then suddenly the guest gets a knock at the door from the constable saying, get out. The mortgage hasn't been paid. <laughs> that would be, that would be terrible, you know? <laughs> so that, that would not, not get you a five-star review. <laughs> no, 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 no. That'd be, that'd be really bad. It'd be very bad. I, so anyways, the way we mitigate that is we use a third, a professionally licensed third-party holding company, okay? Yeah. And they make sure that the payment is made. Mm. It's not that we don't trust you, but we don't trust you, okay? Yeah. But wait, well, what's, in it for, what's in it for that our bank? Why would they pay the mortgage? What do they get? Yeah, the bank that pays. Oh, they pays get, the yeah, they get fees. They get fees that I pay, that Isaac and I pay. So there's a $25 processing fee every single month when we make the payment. So if you're if your mortgage company is requiring $700 every month and we're going to use a third party to ensure that that mortgage is paid, that third party is going to charge us a fee every month. And we're willing to pay that fee. But then I still have to pay the 700 a month. No, it's coming out of our pocket. It, your pocket. We're, we're, yes, yeah. we're, we're paying. Sounds like a pretty good deal actually. Right. It is. We're paying it. <laughs> I'm awesome. sure you have right. some properties. <laughs> All right. I, I think I, I get it now. I think I get it. So I think the listeners will probably get it too. 
Due to COVID, it's now more important than ever that your guests actually read your house rules and check-in instructions. And there's no better way to deliver that information than by using an online hostfully guidebook. You can build your guidebook in just a few hours and simply include a link to your guidebook in your welcome email. Your guests can access it on desktop, on mobile, and they can even print it out. Now, as a result, you look super professional. Your guests have a better experience as they don't have to read through endless paragraphs of text. Instead, they can go through a nice looking guidebook with lots of visuals. That means fewer questions for you, more time for you to focus on other areas of your hosting business. Sign up now at hostfully.com and use code PAD to get your first two months for free. That's hostfully.com, H-O-S-T-F-U-L-L-Y.com, code PAD, which is P-A-D. So let's move on to the next topic. So another way to find other ways to finance your first Airbnb investment, if you don't have a lot of cash, is to look in your personal network, right? Partner with a friend or family. Can you can you explain a bit how that works? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So when me and Andrew first getting started, you know, we wanted to do the arbitrage model. Um, you know, we wanted to get the least amount down, uh, make some agreements with some owners, and start leasing their properties and sublease on the OTAs of Airbnb, VRBO, or you know, TripAdvisor, whichever your favorite is. And um, we had a personal lender who was willing to give us a $30,000 loan for our first couple properties. So, you know, we had the first property in Mesa. We had all of our numbers. We showed him exactly what we were generating. He was excited and uh, he was willing to give us that loan. Uh, it was obviously not secured by, actually, I think we did secure it with some properties that we owned ourselves. Um, we did lean some of our properties to get the $30,000 loan, but we were able to use that to get six properties up and going in, you know, 30 days. So, we were rapidly able to do this and then reproduce this and continue to do this same little strategy of a personal lender who would give us basically this, these finances. And I think we did it almost on hard money terms. So it was like 10% interest only payments for 12 months. I think we ended up paying it back in four months because as you guys know, once you get these puppies going, that return can be quite hefty real quick. So we were able to pay him back in four months, and that made him super excited to work with us even further. Uh, we still use him today for multiple investments. And actually, we got a pretty big investment going on right now, a 42 unit that we're trying to pick up, and he's still a partner on that. So make these relationships. They're vital to your business. But honestly, guys, when you show, when you track all your numbers and show what you're doing, a lot of investors really like the returns that you're making. They're not scared to lend on something like an arbitrage rental property. So so the 30K that you borrowed, that was the money that you put down to get the mortgage on the property? Uh, we did that for six different properties. Yeah, so we did that as, as strictly arbitrage. Um, those were not seller finance. These were just a lease with a sublease option. So okay. these weren't any lease to buy opportunities. Every now and then we would throw one in there that was a lease to buy opportunity or a seller financing opportunity because we're always going for those opportunities. Um, and we always like to put them on Airbnb. But in that instance, they were just arbitrage, just leases. Got it. So you use the 30K to basically pay the, the first month of, of rent, put some furniture in there, and then you're off to the races. That was it. That was awesome. it. Nice and easy. Sweet. What are, what are some other ways? 
to let's say you want to buy a property like what are some other ways to finance it if you can get a can get a mortgage at the bank yeah absolutely so a lot of people i know uh start with arbitrage who don't have the funds and that's how we started basically well seller finance and arbitrage but once you have done arbitrage for let's say 2 years minimum you have a track record right you have a track record with airbnb you have a track record with vrbo that shows a bunch of income that you've been making and now some of you like myself might have avoided some taxes <laughs> not necessarily avoid but you know waited to pay possibly so maybe your taxes weren't exactly what they needed to be or you weren't showing everything that you're doing arbitrage wise but you're making quite a bit of money right there are products out there as a loan officer that I currently offer they're called non-qualified products and you can use 12 months of bank statements or you can use actual airbnb records uh you can just print out an airbnb statement of 12 months to show what you've made over 12 months in consistent deposits and you can actually use that as rental income towards a purchase for another property so if your taxes aren't in order um you don't have that information as far as what your income is you can still use airbnb's platform and their statements or you can use 12 months of your own personal bank statements or business statements to use that as income for your next property that you want to purchase do all banks recognize that income or do you have to find a special loan officer or a special bank that has those type of products yeah sadly all banks do not all banks do not allow for a 12 month bank statement or just to show me your airbnb records and show me what you've been doing this is a non qualified mortgage so non qualified means that it's not conventional or it's not fha those are the most popular mortgages in the united states but with non qualified you still get 30 years okay so it's still a 30 year term which is nice for the amortization nice low payment the interest rate is slightly higher than a fha or conventional but it's not hard money and it's not soft money it's it's lower than that so it's a decent interest rate that you can uh refinance after a year there is a one year prepayment penalty on most of these products so you have to hold the property at least a year in that interest rate and then you can refinance to a lower rate and right now with the way rates have been so low you have investors scrambling to do things but maybe their debt to income ratio is too high or whatever it may be you might have a a huge bankroll of income that you're not tapping into that you can use straight from Airbnb or your 12 months bank statements that you're not necessarily reporting to your taxes is everybody's always doing tax strategies where they're showing the least amount of money made which is good right you don't want to give it all to uncle sam but when when that happens sometimes that hurts your financing opportunities so to keep those financing opportunities rely on a 12 month or 24 month bank statement or airbnb statements and boom you can have that income available can you explain quickly the difference between soft and hard money yeah absolutely so hard money tends to start around 10% interest can go as high as 20% if you're in second position sometimes however you want to get that structured uh but a hard money lender usually lends based on the assets so they're not going to check your credit uh they're not going to check much of the details about you personally all they want to know are the numbers for the deal so if the deal makes sense a hard money lender is usually willing to work with you and the beauty of it is it's only interest only payments typically the payment can sometimes be manageable sometimes the payment gets out of hand uh you have to be careful with hard money but hard money is a great tool if you're going to use it for a short term financing option and then soft money usually that's between you know 7% to 9% 
So soft money is a little bit better than hard money. Usually you can have it for a longer term, five years, maybe even 10 years sometimes for soft money. But um, you know, hard money is usually at six to 12 month range. So soft money is a little bit longer, you know, a couple of years sometimes. But really, if you want to get anything five years plus or 30 years, 15 years, you're going to have to go a non-qualified route or just a qualified mortgage. So what about, what about uh, like a traditional mortgage where you're getting a free 4%? What kind of money is that? Is that like fluid, fluid money or something? <laughs> yeah, that's just standard. That's just standard financing that everybody can get. Yeah, you know, anybody can get that, that rate as long as you meet the criteria. So that 3 to 4% is an awesome rate. That's what I always try to get. But you have to have, you know, a certain FICO score, right? To get the lowest interest rates, they want you to be 700 plus sometimes. So just depending on what you really want to do, if you're trying to get an, invest, an investment mortgage, you know, your FICO really wants to be as high as possible, uh, 700 plus to get that. But they do loans as low as 620, 640 if you're going non-qualified. Mm. There's a really creative way to buy property if you're using hard money, but you have to buy it less than the current value. If it's worth 100 grand, it needs to be $70,000 or less. You know, it's got to be at 70% of ARV. And these hard money lenders, they're great because they're only asset based and they don't require a lot out of your pocket. Look, if you default, they're happy because they just take over and they just resell the property and they're going to make a killing. You know, you know, Isaac and I went through a really huge financial crash because we picked up a portfolio of 45 houses, actual, you know, separate houses. And it didn't go well, but we <laughs> we were close. We defaulted. This is some years ago. That could be a whole other podcast, Jasper. But we used hard money. Hard money was great because it was asset-based. They didn't care about what our FICO score was. They didn't care about how much money it generated. They didn't care. They just cared about the value, what we're getting it for, and they lent on it. So I like hard money. What's ARV? After repair value. Uh, so you have your house that's $100,000 or worth $100,000, maybe in its current conditions, only 80,000. If I fix it up, paint it, beautify it, it is worth a hundred grand, okay? So lenders, especially hard money or investor lenders, asset-based lenders, they'll ask, okay, what's ARV on the property? Well, ARV is hundred grand, great. What is Jasper selling you the property for? Um, 70 grand. So the hard money lender is gonna say, yeah, let's do it. Let's go, let's go ahead, let's do it. That's fine, I'll, I'll fund it. And then they'll give you the, the full 70K or you have to put some money down yourself? You know what? We've built rapport with a lot of hard money lenders. They'll give us the full 70K because we we come experienced. Um, some, if you're brand new, they want some skin in the game, typically 10%. So 10% is only 7,000 bucks, you know, in this case. Yeah. But listen, they're making 12 to 14% a month on your cash, you know, or, or on the asset, right? And if you default, they not only take the interest that they just collected from you, but they take the property. It's theirs. So, so it's a they, good gig. Yeah, they buy the property for that 70K. And then if you've already done some repairs and you know increased the value yeah. of the home, now it turns into a really good deal for the, for the hard money. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and hard money can be a really great tool to refinance out of six to 12 months later, right? Mm -hmm. So let's say you have that hard money loan going. And now you've fixed your property up, you know, you've turned all your units into Airbnb ready properties. And now the amount of income that you're making is significantly higher than the market rent. Now you go back with all these new figures that you've had for the past year and you go to your lender and you say, I want to refinance this. I want a lower interest rate. 
Actually, you know what I'd like to do is cash out refinance. Come in here, come take a look at my numbers, see what I've done to the place, give me an offer. And then boom, you have an appraiser at your property, they're doing a market rent analysis. They're seeing what you're actually producing. They're looking at your bank statements and they're saying, wow, mm. you guys are killing this place. <laughs> this is only four units. What is this? You know, you, you guys are making so much money. Here's what we can lend you. Now we've done forced equity, right? We forced equity into that property and we're taking that equity out to buy more properties. So that's one thing that we really enjoy doing. So when you're doing one of those hard money deals, you have the option to always repay it at any time you want? Yes. There's typically no prepayment penalty um, on a hard money loan. It's only you know six to 12 months usually. Um, if you're going to get longer than that, you can. But uh, typically, it's a six to 12 month loan. So there's no prepayment penalties. Sweet. Awesome, guys. Well, this was uh, really interesting. I learned, definitely learned quite a lot. Um, anything else that you guys want to share when it comes to different ways of financing properties? Just learn, take it one step at a time. YouTube is a great teacher. Podcasts are a great teacher. Make sure you're following Jasper online. <laughs> You'll learn something. If they listen to this podcast, they probably already are. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> yeah. um, you know what? Like, let's finish it up with a quick, you know, five-step action plan. Like, let's say I want to start investing. Well, I'm not an American citizen, so but let's take somebody else as an example. Let's say you live somewhere in the US, you're listening to this podcast. And you're thinking, damn, I've got I've got eyes on this on this property. What what's like a little action plan? If I have no experience, I have maybe ten, fifteen thousand dollars in cash. What's the plan? Honestly, I, I I'm gonna jump on this one. I think the easiest way probably wouldn't be the seller finance stuff, but I'm let's just you know real quick find a landlord who is willing to take a chance on you. That's step one. Find a landlord who's willing to take a chance on you. Show up to the landlord, say, hey, I have this plan. I laid it out. Here it is. I want to lease your property with the option to purchase it someday. Okay. Step two, once the lease with sublease clause and everything else outlined with your attorney is written in the lease and you signed it, furnish the property, make it beautiful, put it up on Airbnb. Obviously, you've done your research. You know that this is going to be a great place to do this. That's very touristy. People show up. Whether it's touristy or not, you can find some way to monetize it, okay? Step number three, once you prove the model, and like Isaac said, you show your income, okay? Document everything. Document your income, your expenses. Document your occupancy. Document, doc be a nerd. Be absolutely nerdish on your documentation, really, because I'm going to Isaac, okay? Um, step number four, once you have all your income and you want to pull the trigger, you go to Isaac, you say, hey, I'd like to buy this property. Isaac might say, okay, great. Well, you need to have title. You go back to the landlord. You say, landlord, I want to buy this property from you as we had discussed, but I need you to deed me the property or seller carry me. I'm going to pay an extra X amount of money. I'm going to pay maybe 5,000 bucks. Deed me the property. Don't worry. Terms don't change. I'm still going to pay you the full amount. I just need to show proof that I own it. Step five, take it to Isaac, refinance the property. Okay. Now you own it. You're the title holder. That's the easiest way I think any beginner can get into this game. You don't have to own anything. You might have a couple thousand bucks. You take a landlord, tell them to take a chance on you and run with it. Yes, awesome. I, I do well, want to point out in that scenario, right? Where if you're being deeded on because you've already been running the property for that year, now you don't have to pay the down payment 
for financing, right? Mm-hmm. You're refinancing something. So you're already the owner. You're not coming out of pocket in that scenario. You're going to become the owner without coming out of pocket in that scenario. So that is a really good scenario to do. <laughs> awesome. I love it. Sounds like a plan. Awesome, guys. Well, uh, this is really interesting. Thank you guys so much for taking the time to explain all this stuff to us. And uh, yeah, let's know let's know where we can find you. Let's know how you guys, how you guys can help uh, people in the short-term rental space. Information at buymoretime.com. That's the email address. I guess you can reach out to us. Um, information at buymoretime.com. We're, we're here to help you. Our team can relay any messages that you, you send us. I'm sure you have questions on financing or Airbnb management. We can help in any of these fields. Awesome. Sweet. And we'll have the links up in the show notes. So go to, go to getpaidforyourpad.com. Click on the podcast uh, menu in the menu, and then you'll find all of the podcasts. You can also uh, watch them on YouTube, which is uh, more fun because then you can actually get to see your faces. Uh, Isaac, any uh, final words before we wrap it up? I would just say, you know, if you're really serious about buying a property that you're going to have for short-term rental, don't be stressed out about any of the guidelines or or uh, any of the obstacles that may come your way. Anybody can purchase a home. Uh, it might take some a little bit of time. Sometimes it doesn't, but make a little plan for yourself. There's a ton of financing options available today, especially so many people are trying to give away money because it's so cheap. You can do it. So if you're feeling frustrated or stressed out about it, don't worry. There's a solution. Keep searching. There's a ton of lenders with different guidelines. Find somebody that will work with you. Awesome. I love what you're saying. Don't stop at the first obstacle. Uh, in fact, to speak with uh, one of my favorite authors, uh, Ryan Holiday, the obstacle is the way. You guys read that? Yes. Love, Ryan. Awesome book. All right, guys. Thank you so much. Uh, and to the listeners, hope you enjoyed this podcast. And of course, we'll be back uh, next week. So we'll see you then. Get paid for your pet. 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 If you have over 30 units, you have an annual revenue of over $2 million, or you operate boutique hotels, then the STR Legend Mastermind is for you. You are not alone. We have a group of over 30 high-level entrepreneurs in our mastermind, and we get together on a weekly basis to discuss our biggest challenges and to learn and to grow together. Go to strlegends.com to find out more information and apply for the Legends Mastermind if you think you are a good fit.